Are you ready for the end of the world? <laughs> Listen to Your Community Spirit, the show about caring, sharing, and preparing for the changes needed in the world as we know it. Let's bring back up. Oh, I forgot to wake up. <laughs> wake up and be healthy and therefore wealthy in the peace and joy of Mother Earth. Let's bring back the circle again. I'm just messing this all yeah, up. Yeah, you had it right, and then you corrected yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Let's bring back the circle again, the circle of friends, the circle of family, the circle of being. You are listening to Your Community Spirit with Orda Energy Mon. And this is Tree Song. And we are live. Well, I kind of am. <laughs> uh, obviously, I'm a little off on the live part. <laughs> so um, let's talk about... Things that happen locally in the world. <laughs> the that world? should be that should be our tagline. Locally in the world. Talking about local news in the world. <laughs> yeah, because the, the whole is, world is local now. I mean, the world is our locality. I didn't say local. I said loco. Loco. <laughs> <laughs> the whole loco news in the world. No, um, occupy everywhere. Occupyupdates.blogspot.com. Um, before I do that, remember, if you miss anything we talk about, you can listen to it again on yourcommunityspirit.org. Yes. <laughs> you know, we do every once in a while say something important. So. Sometimes. It happens occasionally yeah. on accident. And if you would like <laughs> to read what we talk about, um, you can email info at yourcommunityspirit.org and we'll send you the newsletter. All right. Occupy Philly isn't the only group unhappy with the city's no-feeding-the-homeless laws. What? Hmm. Four religious organizations have challenged the law in its constitutionality, claiming that it limits their First Amendment rights to serve the needy on religious grounds. Hmm. There's a law against feeding the homeless. Oh, yeah, there is in a few cities. You know, there's, there's laws against feeding the homeless. <laughs> Well, I know that there's uh, has been an issue in St. Louis about that, where they can't just randomly set up in the park to feed the homeless. Yeah, no, there's places where even like you know, just you're one individual, you go and you give food to the homeless, and in theory, they can you know ticket you, fine you for it. Really? Why? You'd have to I ask mean, the politicians. I mean, it's to just put like if someone asks me for food and I give them food, it, it's seen. I think I'm it's seen as encouraging ask, it. You well, know? I'm not asking. Are you homeless? Yeah. <laughs> you know, if you know, if I have some extra food, I'm like, hey, you want a sandwich? Yeah. What I'm waiting for is someone to get charged with the law when it turns out that they weren't homeless. It was just two people giving food to each other who knew each other. The, someone needs someone to do comes that. Someone comes by and says, hey, you know, why are you why are you feeding the homeless? <laughs> There's a lot of people who look homeless nowadays who are not. <laughs> Well, that's, that's part of the, the challenge of, you know, serving, you know, people who don't have homes is that you can't tell by looking at them always. Right, people have assumptions, you know. It's an actual type of um, clothes now. Like, huh. I forget what it's called. Oh, like uh, style, a style of people wear. <laughs> a style to look as homeless as possible. <laughs> um, Occupy Eugene was evicted yesterday night, and one woman dubbed Brave Beatrice was arrested. The woman, who's really a 58-year-old Emily Stemple, plans to fight back against the charges with the help of Occupy attorneys and the Civil Liberties Defense Council. Eugene police closed off the park, saying it was no longer open to the public. Hmm. 
public space is no longer open to the public because people are using them. Yeah. <laughs> well, I guess that's one way for them to get, to get around the whole, well, the occupiers aren't allowed to be here thing. They just say, well, the whole park's closed. Yeah. Everybody has to go home. <laughs> well, they we did that in the city of Carbondale. We passed the you-must-wear-a-shirt ordinance, right? <laughs> yeah. You know, because during the, the craziness, um, women were whipping off their shirts. Hmm. And so you can't be um, sexist, and so it had to, they had to actually pass it that you had to wear a shirt. Period. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, basically, where basically where a man can take their shirt off, a woman can. Yeah. I mean, that's the law. So we passed the law against not wearing shirts. <laughs> yeah. Of course, it's sexist. They don't arrest men. Yeah, they don't. Yeah, selective enforcement. <laughs> so, but, but they, uh, yeah, a lot of selective enforcement out there. Let's see another news. Zuccotti Park was reoccupied yesterday in honor of Woody Guthrie's birthday. At least one protester was injured in scuffles with police and taken away in an ambulance. Protesters sang, This Land is Your Land, and gave speeches. Several of the occupiers had marched from Philly to NYC. I wonder how far that is. That's a ways. <laughs> well, it's a different state. <laughs> yeah. But um, the states are small there, right? That means they're really close and really easy to get around. <laughs> It's not even easy to get around in a car. There's so many craziness it takes forever to get anywhere. So yeah, it's probably quicker to walk. I bet they sang the extra verses of "This Land Is Your Land" too. There's one or two verses that we tend to leave out nowadays because they actually talk about political stuff. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. yeah. A ruling concerning a 2004 incident at a party may work in Occupy's favor. An idea concerning many of the officers being sued. Judges ruled that police can be held accountable for injuries sustained from pepper balls, concluding that a case from a party in which a young man was permanently injured was a case of, quote, excessive force. All right, let's see. In other news, Occupy Detroit and Detroit Eviction Defense Coalition are hard at work saving homes from Fannie Mae's shady foreclosure practices. Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac were among the institutions bailed out by the federal government, and occupiers say that a taxpayer-backed institution should not be throwing people out of their homes. They believe that more regulations need to be in place to prevent these issues. Chicago Mayor Rahm Emanuel is unhappy with occupiers, just in general, but specifically <laughs> for posting a photo of two allegedly undercover officers who entrapped occupiers during the anti-NATO gathering. While the police department won't confirm or deny that the two are officers, the police superintendent did say that the picture's release is unethical and personally disgusting. <laughs> All right, wait a minute. Okay. Here. So they're... that's an official statement. <clears throat> yeah, <laughs> personally disgusting. Yeah, and I, I, you've got to admire the attitude of, of this guy of like you know sending undercover police to infiltrate someone's organization and then complaining to them when they post photos of those people. <laughs> you know if. It, I mean, yeah, I understand, you know, there's probably other things those officers may work on that they don't want to have their cover blown for. But if you send someone to infiltrate an organization, that organization is not going to be happy. <laughs> you, you've got to realize this. Well, especially if those people are entrapping. Yeah. Entrapping. Especially, that... yeah, because there are many instances of, uh, you know, government agents going into an organization to spy on it. And then they end up suggesting the, you know criminal things to do they, they're like hey why don't we go do this why don't we go do that they kind of push it towards the criminal activity yeah and then when some new person who doesn't know anybody goes along with it they they arrest him hmm. all right in other news 
how do-it-yourself electronics, we talked a little bit about this last week, how do-it-yourself electronics benefit the environment. The growing trend toward do-it-yourself electronics is good f- news for the environmental movement. Do-it-yourself electronics both indirectly and directly benefits the planet. Not only are resources saved by reusing parts and rebuilding gadgets, but also tasks accomplished with the newly created device can be used for everyone from scientists to the average homeowner. Now, one of the things about electronics, period, is is it something that can be taken apart and repaired? And there's a controversy right now on the Internet because... um, Apple has actually taken themselves out of this organization that um, basically says it's a sustainable electronics organization, Mm, Yeah, which unfortunately Mm. means that Apple cannot be sold to any government agency because it has to meet these standards, these government standards of uh, recyclability and sustainability. All Apple products are no longer, you know, a member, they're no longer a member of that, and they're no longer sustainable. Not all of them, the new ones, because now you can no longer open an Apple product. They're gluing them shut. Uh, yeah. You know, and they're doing it for a couple reasons. One of them is design, but the other one is they don't want anybody to repair them. Yeah, they want someone to buy a new one. Right. That's redundancy. So, yeah. Um, yeah, there's a big controversy on the Internet because most of the, you know, people on the Internet – a lot of them use apples because they're, you know, um, graphic designers or, you know, they write. And, you know, Apple tends to trend more towards those kind of programs. Yeah, that's the sort of stuff Apple's designing for. Right. And now a lot of them are like, you know, WTF. <laughs> WTF there. Yeah. Apple. So one of the um, projects that I thought was interesting using do-it-yourself electronics is a citizen science organization called eBird, which is using information collected and maintained by amateur bird watchers to help scientists. And what they're actually doing is um, people collect it, you know, on their, you know, their um, smartphones. Yeah. They Mm -hmm. take pictures and they tag the pictures with information, and it's basically utilizing, you know, thousands of amateur bird watchers as data collection. Uh You know? Yeah, that's a good idea. So I saw a website. It didn't have an app associated with it, but I saw one about uh, fireflies. They were trying to track where all the fireflies are going, you know, because there was a diminishing number of them. So, yeah, I like that idea of using this, this uh, you know, distributed technology to do scientific research. I mean, and nowadays, I mean, you know, a used phone is useless, right? Uh-huh. And so why not take that pretty substantial technology and use it for something. I mean, it's not useless. Someone has just bought a newer, better, you know, more sophisticated something. Yeah, the old one still has use. Right, and so, um, you know, they recycle the cell phones to give to, uh, you know, domestic abuse people. Um, But, you know, they also take the electronics in it. You know, if it's a phone with a camera... They can literally set it up as a remote camera. <laughs> yeah. It's got a camera. It's got a cellular signal on it. So they've got the technology there to now transmit video. Hmm. Yeah. You know, for data collection and stuff. So, I mean, you know, do it yourself electronics. Yeah. 
you know. So. All right, let's see what we have in other news here. Uh, it's been hot. Yeah, it has been a little hot. Just a little. Should we beat the heat? <laughs> yeah, let's beat the heat with summer hours, summer routines, and siesta. I like it. <laughs> with the first record-breaking heat wave of the summer just over, and the craziness and crankiness the heat can bring, hopefully behind us, at least for a few minutes, <laughs> it's probably a good time to take a break from gawking at it all and start thinking about how we can better cope with it. Yeah, I mean, while it was happening, it was too intense to think about <laughs> yeah, coping you with it. You were just struck. like, yeah, you're just like, it was like being punched in the face. And yeah. so it's like, must like, get inside. Yeah, you're cool. not. Now we can train ourselves for being punched in the face. <laughs> yeah. So we can, we can prepare for it. And, and our climate, you know, we're experiencing human caused climate change. And so this sort of stuff is going to become more and more likely. Uh, no, so we no. can start doing things individually and collectively to prepare for the heat. And I mean, we aren't used to this high heat, but there is other parts of the world who are. So we could learn some lessons from them. So yeah. So let's start accepting and adapting to the heat ourselves rather than trying to continuously, literally, power our way through it. You know? Um, yeah. And if we just sit in air conditioning, that was one of the studies we recently read. The reason why we're getting fatter is because we just sit in air conditioning and don't deal with temperature anymore. Hmm. You know, so what are some things we can do? Yeah. Well, one is uh, I've actually been doing this a little bit. It's not, not dramatically. Start our days earlier in the cool of the morning and work until the middle of the day. And then in the hottest part of the day, stop working, shut down, and avoid the sun uh, with even businesses closing up, you know, if we take this to a society level. Yeah, that's how they do in Latin countries. They have, you know, it's closed during the middle of the day. Yeah, they have Pe- siesta time. People have, you know, a long lunch and a siesta, and, you know, that's when families sometimes get together or go, sh- you know, do things together, so. Yeah, hmm. and I have started jogging earlier in order to uh, beat the heat. Uh, yeah, but this is, you know, working with the natural cycle of the day rather than simply, you know, pushing through uh, and trying to, you know, fight against the heat. <laughs> now, I mean, there is a clearly green benefit to all this. You know, everybody doesn't retreat to their own personal air-conditioned paradise, say, during that one to four summer afternoon break will actually reduce energy demand, and that's when energy usage has been historically highest. Yeah. So, you know, reducing energy demand helps with the carbon emissions, which in turn helps reduce the very thing that's bringing the extreme heat yeah so if we pollute less we have less extreme heat and it creates this beneficial cycle yeah it's a positive you know it's a good feedback yeah so um i mean we just have to learn to work with nature instead of fighting it more yeah so (laughs) um well if we want to survive as a species basically yeah that's all you know we have to create this societal, not suicidal, <laughs> societal, societal shift in mentality. Yeah. Otherwise, we're going to stay a suicidal. <laughs> yeah, we're sort of driving off a cliff right now with our energy use and how it's affecting us and our surroundings. No, we're just driving right into a bubbling. <laughs> a lava pit. There you go. <laughs> a bubbling sauna of boiling gas. Uh-huh. Have you noticed they actually have been talking about climate change? You know, uh, both ABC and CBS has actually recently done 
um, major news stories about how climate change is human caused. Okay, well that's and that, good. That we're, we're actually this you know extreme heat wave has been caused by us. Yeah, it's been slow in coming. Initially, they weren't. Uh, you know, none of the major ones were. But now it sounds like they're starting to. Well, I mean, we have 59% of the U.S. in extreme drought conditions. Yeah. <laughs> Not drought conditions, but extreme, extreme drought. Yeah. I mean, they expect right now 50% of the corn crop in the U.S. is expected to completely and totally fail. Yeah. That gets people's attention. <laughs> you know. Now, one thing that I did read that said if the price of corn goes up 50%, the price of food is only going to go up 1%. Huh. Which, that doesn't make sense to me, because corn... Corn is in a lot of things. Yeah. So, probably the price of meat will go up, because that's the primary feeder of uh, meat things. Yeah. The meat things? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, meat, meat animals. Okay. So, um, things are looking bleak for corn farmers in the Midwest. Drought conditions and the above-average temperatures are likely to continue for some time, and now even soybeans are succumbing to the weather. The economic implications for the entire Midwest, and then not just farmers, are very dire. And this is not extreme, actually unexpected. Experts have been warning commodity farmers for years that a changing climate will lead to exactly these types of situations. Yeah. And um, unfortunately, the farm bill right now is... Basically, what they're going to do is throw billions of billions of dollars at farmers to stay the failing course. Basically, I mean, the issue is growing one or two crops. Yeah. When you're growing just one crop and then that crop fails, well, that's the end of it. And so basically the, the U.S. Uh, Department of Agriculture is basically going to, you know, give a bunch of money to farmers because – of the failure, you know, it's insurance, hmm. you know, so, um, but the problem is, is if they don't create a shift to growing more diverse crops, yeah. it'll just be a failure year after year. Yeah, it will. And also more diverse crops and also organic. I was reading an article about how, uh, organic crops, because they're putting organic matter into the soil, it makes it actually more drought resistant. Now, I mean, we probably won't get persistent drought in the Midwest. But we definitely know that there will be persistent drought in the southwest. Yeah. Or, I mean, uh, southeast. Southwest is already persistent drought. <laughs> yeah. Well, the whole the, well, the dryness you've got in the southwest is just going to expand and, you know, sweep over Texas. And, you know, uh, all, there's going to be a lot more drought. Yeah. Now, if you would like in yummy goodness, <laughs> if you would like me to email you, I've got ten no bake dessert recipes mm -hmm. because ideally you don't want to be cooking in this heat that's true you know mm -hmm. um so i mean that's one of the things you can do if you do less cooking during the day you know you're air, you don't have to air condition as much so um my favorite no bake recipe is um a no bake cheesecake mm -hmm. and what you do is you just start with um like the the soft, I was going to say the slimiest, <laughs> the softest tofu. <laughs> you start with that and you mix your flavor in. You blend it and you can either eat that as like a pudding or you put that in a pie shell. And my favorite to do, two kinds, I like to make like a key lime pie kind of deal yeah. where you blend in, you know, 
lime juice and um, um, agave nectar or some kind of sweet to sweeten it, and you make uh, key lime. My other one is, of course, chocolate. You know, blend in some chocolate with it, and you have yourself a chocolate cheesecake, <laughs> you know, yeah. tofu cheesecake. So, and it is, it is like, it's not as rich as like a New York style cheesecake. Nothing is as rich. That's like a slice of cheesecake from there is like a pound of cheese. So, yeah. <laughs> um, but if you get like the the lighter cream cheese um, or creamier cheesecakes, it's the equivalent of. Especially if you put some chocolate in it. Yeah. yeah chocolate say, helps a lot of things. <laughs> <laughs> just like... So, um, I thought you would be interested in this next one. Uh, this exercise article? Yeah. Well... <laughs> Did a good I was, workout. I wasn't talking about the exercise. I was talking about getting out of prison early. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this this will be my plan if I end up in prison. Uh, in Brazil. In Brazil. <laughs> Brazilian inmates can reduce their sentence by providing human-powered electricity. Uh, they're pioneering a new sort of jailhouse workout in which inmates ride bikes instead of pumping iron. It's not because they prefer fast inmates to strong ones. Uh, I mean, there's problems with either. Yeah, it's, it, like <laughs> it's because the bikes, unlike weightlifting or prison yard basketball, help power a nearby town. Now, we've talked about this before, you know, bicycles that can create energy. Uh, these, and these bicycles, they've got four of them so far that are sourced from the de- police department's lost and found. And the more time inmates spend generating pedal power, the shorter they will stay in prison. Uh, yeah. This is a very low-tech way. I mean, they're actually pedaling and just charging a bicycle. And yeah, then charging the, a battery. Yeah, I mean, yeah, charging a bicycle. <laughs> charging a battery, and then one of the prison guards is taking the battery into town. Yeah. Now, hopefully, it's, like, on his route home. Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, know? if it's out of his way, it's a little, a little silly. Yeah, I mean, just, like, using energy to, like... But they're taking those batteries yeah. and they're lighting lights along, um, you know, the roadway. Yeah. Which lowers crime in that area. Yeah. Unfortunately, this this is creating a, a this will create a cycle of not sustainability. Think about it. I mean, you know, the, <laughs> the lower the, crime, the lower the crime, the less power there is, <laughs> the less lights there is. Then, so you know, there has to be a balance. You know, yeah. they have to like light it up just enough so there's enough crime, so there's inmates. To power the lights so there's not much crime. <laughs> yeah. Hey, that was like. <laughs> so. Um, well, yeah, it's a good way to uh, uh, lighten up your sentence. I'm just imagining them just someone just pedaling all day because they want to get out earlier. Yeah, it doesn't really say. Does it say how much time? It just says the shorter their stay. The more time they spent generating power, yeah. the shorter their stay in prison will be. Yeah. Well, if they end up in a situation where uh, they have no more criminals left to power the uh, lights, I'm sure they'll be okay with that fact. It's <laughs> just like, <laughs> I'm, yeah, I mean, probably what they'll do is they'll just put the bicycles on the street. Yeah, and let volunteers do yeah, it. Yeah, it's like, especially <laughs> if it's an area of town where people get drunk. Drunk people like to pedal bikes. I mean, <laughs> I have powered concerts before with bicycle power, and they line up. They line up and they'll pedal for a short amount of time. Yeah. They won't pedal for a long time. But then if but there's sometimes, enough of them. <laughs> if there's a few cheerleaders, guys will pedal for a long time, especially if they're really, really wasted. So, um, researchers find link between drug-resistant bladder infections and poultry antibiotics. Okay. Not a funny title, 
But bladder infections affect 60% of all American women with a rising number resistant to antibiotic treatment. Now, researchers looking into the cause of the mysterious drug resistance have found evidence that it's coming from poultry treated with antibiotics. According to a joint investigation by the Food and Environment Reporting Network and ABC News, this investigation, which aired on ABC's Good Morning America, highlights how the overuse of antibiotics in animal agriculture has actually made it more difficult to treat these painful, long-lasting, and reoccurring infections because one of course of antibiotics no longer works. Yeah. I mean, we've created, in the last hundred years, we've created, like, all these new medicines, and now we're creating diseases that are resistant yeah. to these medicines. Well, we've, we've squandered what we've created. You know, we've overused these antibiotics, and then things become resistant more quickly. Hmm. I mean, eventually they would have become resistant anyway, but when you're just, as a matter of course, pumping antibiotics into these farm animals constantly, you know, it, it speeds up the process of uh, resistance. So if you're going to eat, eat things that don't have junk in them. <laughs> yeah. That's, Wait, that's, 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 that's like mom's first law of like anything. <laughs> yeah. It's like don't eat the dirt and rocks. Don't eat things that are filthy. <laughs> but what if the filth is inside the food? Yeah, that's, and it's hard to find. It's in a nice pretty package. You know? Yeah, it's like, hmm, uh, pretty fried food. So do we want to get on to some of the uh, holidays and happenings? Or I wanted to talk left. about these drought issues. There's basically, I've had one tree so far in my yard die, even though I've been watering them. And I've got this really long article, but basically during times of drought, it is recommended that you water young trees at least twice a week. Now, all you have to do is one gallon per tree, which is equivalent of one inch of rain. So one gallon per tree twice a week. So it's don't water them tons. It's more like consistent, regular watering, you know. And so, um, and pay attention when and where the water is needed. Don't do it during the morning. It'll evaporate. You know, it's the best is like in the evening. And so it will stick around. So, yeah. All mm. right. Let's get the happenings. Okay. Let's see. We've got uh, happenings. We've got this week. We've got open mic night at uh, Guy House Interfaith Center. And the theme this week is Friday the 13th. What? We haven't talked about that yet today. Today is Friday the 13th. And that means? Uh, it's uh, Well, the theme they're going to use over there is costumes, like in performances, along the spooky nature of Friday the 13th. Now, personally, I don't think Friday the 13th is bad luck. But I know that's the association, so that's why we're going with the theme. All right. Let's see. Uh, Friday, stop by Guy House on Friday nights for a night of food, fun, and now salsa dancing. Huh. Don't know how to salsa dance? Not a problem. Lesson started at 9 p.m., and then the dancing starts at 10 p.m. Actually... Dancing starts at 9 p.m. because lessons are dancing. <laughs> yeah, lessons are a form of dancing. <laughs> so uh, dance the night away at Guy House, 913 South Illinois Avenue on Fridays. Yes, and also at Guy House, they've got a new uh, morning yoga basics for women on Wednesdays at 9 a.m. Uh, they had it this same class a little bit before, but it was an afternoon class. And now 
people can go to Guy House for yoga in the mornings on Wednesdays. So that's 9 a.m., 9.13 South Illinois. International Coffee Hour, Fridays, 3 to 5 p.m. in the Northwex Annex Building B, mixed with people from all over the world. Hmm. Oh, yeah, and another Friday event that's uh, going on every Friday during the summer is the Friday Night Fair. Uh, they've got all sorts of wonderful farmer's market, live music, food court, activities for kids. It's at the Carbonale Town Square Pavilion, uh, 6 to 9 p.m. on Fridays. From the Coordinator for Habitat for Humanity, we'll be working this Saturday at 2035 Hortense Street in Murfreesboro. Um, they'll be working on sheetrocking from 8 until noon on Saturday. So if you would like to help someone build a home, also, 8 till noon on Saturday is the Farmer's Market. Lots of veggies. Yeah, lots of good stuff there. And then at noon on Saturday, there's the Vigil for Peace at the corner of Maine and Illinois at the Town Square Pavilion in Carbondale. And on Saturday at 4 p.m., Carbondale Bike Plan Brainstorm Session. Bring your ideas for making Carbondale bike-friendly and accessible. Saturday... 4 p.m., the SIU Student Center North End, and there's an optional bike ride afterward to follow. So if you would like more information, you can contact AudreyW at SIU.edu or show up Saturday at 4 p.m. at the north end of the Student Center. So is that everything? That's everything. Oh, my goodness. We actually made it through everything if you would like a recap of anything we talked about, you can get it emailed to you as a newsletter, info at yourcommunityspirit.org, or we podcast it and all that stuff, yourcommunityspirit.org. Uh, yep. Enjoy the cool weather. <laughs> yeah, it's nice and cool out there relative to what it was. Yeah. Um, we will see you again on the radio yes. next week. On the radio Enjoy next the week. summer.